It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. A happy Saturday to everyone. My name is Matt Shea, and I am filling in for the vacationing Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. But we welcome you to the Manson Mitchell Show. And for the July 15th, 2023 edition, and across from me is who I refer to as my all-state man. Why, you ask? Because when I'm with Nathan Miller, I'm always in good hands. Nathan, how are you this morning? Good morning, Matt. I'm doing excellent, and it's so nice to look out the west window and see over Seattle looking at the Olympics clear as day under very blue skies. This is the only Seattle I know, except when it's raining out there. (laughs) That'll be tomorrow, right? Yes. We're having a fun show. I was talking to Gary about the show in recent weeks, and we decided to have a theme about summertime ghosts. And the reason why is it's not always a house on top of a hill during a lightning storm at 1 o'clock in the morning. It could be a city park you frequent. It could be campgrounds, broad daylight, and we have quite a bit of stories about that. And we even went a step further. By popular demand, we brought back Skip and Sharon Lange from the Psychic Spectrum radio show. Now, Nathan, in regards to this topic, being out and about, minding your own business, being with a loved one, you had an incident a while back sharing with your mom. If you could yeah, share this that. is one of the times when it was probably the most prominent experiences of something like that and I was sitting in a popular place actually as a coffee shop in the middle of downtown Renton and I was just sitting at the table chatting with my mom and uh, both of us noticed at the same time during our conversation is of course on a flat table why would a coffee shop have a curved or slanted table but I was just sitting there and suddenly it moved three inches and was like did you just see that? And we both like, yeah, the coffee cup just moved three inches uh, towards the edge of the table. It didn't fall over, but uh, so I was curious about it. So I took the coffee cup and set it back to where it originally was and saw or tried to move it. But the force that I had to use to move the cup was, I mean, it was impossible for that cup to move on its own. We hear stories like that all the time, and I can't begin to explain the why behind it. We have some good news for our listeners, and I'll let you give the announcement. Absolutely. We are opening up our phone lines today, so we can have like a little campfire discussion, if you will, when you're sitting at the fire camping and sharing ghost stories. So if you want to call in, share your own ghost story, or ask a question with Skip and Sharon about ghosts that they've uh, experienced or maybe places around the Pacific Northwest region that you may be deemed to be haunted, you can just give us a call at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. We'd love to have you jump in around the campfire. Skip and Sharon, the last show we did was spectacular. And of all the shows I've ever been involved in, that's the one that had the best ratings And it was sort of implied between the lines. I think it was a condition of employment. Get Skip and Sharon back on this show as fast as you can. So the Madsen Mitchell team welcomes Skip and Sharon. Hey, thanks for being with us today. 
Well, hi, Matt. Th <clears throat> thank you for having us along with you for uh, Gary and Suzanne. We appreciate being here. And yeah, no, it's, it, it's always a fun time. I love this. Yeah. Anytime I can help out. Well, this is big help, popular demand. And I don't think this is going to be your last appearance here. We love the summertime. And Nathan just shared a little innocent story, broad daylight, public place. Hey, what was that? And through my years of going to parks and so forth, I've come to find out that even those places, parks and campgrounds, have such stories attached. And so I would like to start off at Point Defiance Park in Tacoma. They have the five-mile drive trail, which I've taken before. Love that park. I could spend weeks and weeks there. I didn't realize that they've had a history of some tragedy. Sadly, in the 1980s, the remains of a lost teenager was found. And also by the Pogana Park event, they had what used to be an old trolley station. And years ago, it is recorded that a woman had taken her life there. So sadly, these things have happened. Through the years, many people driving around, walking the trails, have the same reports. They would hear something, nothing is there. They would see shadows. They would see distinct outlines of a woman. They would hear voices. But yet, we're in all this nature. What do you two have to say about that? Well, it's very natural that uh, the, 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 that that there are haunted places that people don't commonly think of. And like in the like in a park situation, people have no clue that that there are other persons who have taken their life there or their life was taken from them. But whatever the case, uh, people will come to us sometimes and say, um, my house is haunted. Did it come? Did it? Am I bringing it in or is it with the house? And we say, no, it was there before that. Sometimes we'll pick that up that it, it was came with the land. And so that's this is the kind of one of those situations where if you're you're finding the haunting in a, a park uh, or a campground or some other outdoor place, it comes with the land because it's a situation that happened at that location. So that actually is more common than people think. And because if you think about it back through history, um, how many people have we had on this earth and how many of them are not here anymore? Okay, so that had, means that equates to there has to be all these different places that people died. And sometimes the they don't move on, you know, and as psychics and mediums, we do our work with that, but sometimes they don't move on. Sometimes they need a little guidance in that. So People feel the energy. They have happenings like Nathan did with his cup in a restaurant. Which was really cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat, Nathan. I wish I would have seen yeah. that. But yeah, but yeah that's, that, that's a common thing that people should understand that uh, this is everywhere. Well, you know, you have to, you have to understand, too, as, as we became more modern mm -hmm. and, and we moved west, mm -hmm. so more housing developments were made. People moved and built houses or whatever. Yeah. That land that they built on. Mm -hmm. Even though it was back in the day called wilderness, you know, there was there was there was homesteaders, there was pioneers, there was Indians, there was all kinds of people that were on that land before we ever built a house. Mm -hmm. And naturally, there's going to be energies from people that died at that time. That's why we can say, uh, you know, it came with the land. 
because Absolutely. they could have been out there hunting for food and got shot and killed and they died there and that's where they are you build a house on it and it's going mm-hmm. it becomes part of the house you know yeah. what i mean i mean so it's, it's very interesting how energies are are all over it's just not in certain areas i like what you're saying about energies kind of calling out to us I want to go a bit further and a bit deeper with Point Defiance Park. We're familiar with Fort Nisqually. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Years ago, a friend was explaining something to me that he couldn't figure out why. I think he was in his 30s. He was around Fort Nisqually, and he decided to get up on the embankment near the tall timbers that surround the fort. But where he chose to sit on the embankment, he picked a specific spot for whatever reason, and then he noticed something. It looked like a leaf, like a decayed, dark brown leaf. He took the time to dig it out. It was metal. He kept digging, and he pulled out a container that was ripped open on one side, and it had the number 19 stamped on it. And so here he's already beginning the act of doing things that he or none of us would normally begin to do. True. He takes that to the local sheriff's office. He took the time to do that. They looked at that, went through paperwork, and they said, well, congratulations, you solved a crime. This is from a stagecoach robbery back in the 1800s, and I forgot what the date was, and this is the stolen cash box. It's now now in a museum, but the chain of events to take a guy that age to be there at that exact spot, a series of things leading up to what a find, was something possibly calling him to do this That's what I was going to say. I think he was led there. A lot of times that will happen. Um, They will somebody will want something found or want them found and people just have an inkling or a desire to explore or be drawn to that. And yeah, that's very natural. What, you know, wouldn't it be funny if you could take it or ironic, actually, if you could take that and find out if he was even like, if, if he was associated with someone who died there, Mm-hmm. You know, like he, maybe he was a great, 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 great grandson of somebody on that stagecoach that, Sure. And that, and then you know, genealogy wise, he led him back to the. That that would be fun to that, find out. Or even, or even, the person who may have committed the the robbery. Yes, that's true. Maybe he had to prove he did it so he could move on, move clear <laughs> up some karma there. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. But yeah, that that's. I've I seen, love stories I've had like that. Hundreds of stories mm-hmm. like that. My dad was brought to Tacoma, Washington, to Fort Lewis, World War II. And it was just he and grandmother who was on the East Coast. And he wrote here every Saturday night. And when I was a kid, he would have their old royal typewriter picking away. He wrote her every Saturday night, and then he put it in the mailbox Sunday. And Monday, it went out with the mail. So when grandmother passed, dad and mom had to go to her house to fix it up. And just when they went to the realtor's office, my mom yells, give me the key. They went back to the house. They're watching her. She unlocked the house that that dad grew up in. And she makes her way to a back room, opens a 
the closet, sticks her hand way around a hidden corner that Dad didn't really remember existing, and she found a handle by her hand. She pulls out a trunk and opened in every letter Dad wrote his mother when he was away in the Army, and actually away because from the time he moved out, she got one a week from him, and they were all there. So they would look through the letters, World War II, letter about meeting mom and how wonderful she is and that. And then after looking through this for about an hour, they did the right thing. They put it back where it was. They left it with the soul of the house, and grandmother had made her contact, her touch. Yeah. Now, I want to pick on Tacoma one last time. This is my other grandmother. We remember on October 12, 1962, the famous Columbus Day storm. The winds got up to 150 miles and battered the Pacific Northwest area. My grandmother had a piece of property that at one time was a logging camp. And when it went out of business because her dad was the foreman of it, they bought first property. And so they had trees, they had bird houses, they had everything there. This storm blew houses over, knocked down trees that were hundreds of years old, destroyed roofs, everything. So she's looking at the mess that took place in this beautiful acreage she had, and she saw the most peculiar thing. She had a wrought iron table, a circular one, and she had a porcelain teapot from the old country sitting dead center. And it's like a hockey rink. You're talking about an ice floor, and then the puck is also frozen, so it doesn't take much to make that thing go. And she was amused and baffled how such a violent storm, history-making, and that, plain as day, out in the middle of everything, it completely exposed how in the world did that survive unscathed. And she wasn't scoffing at it. She was amused, bewildered. Just then, she heard a very slight gust of wind ruffled the few remaining leaves on the trees, and that teapot went over 100 miles an hour and flew off that table and shattered into a tree just to a million bits. Something answered her. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's common. Now, I got to ask you a question. While he was telling that story, did you hear something like wind rustling? I did, yeah. Did you hear that? Yes. Did you hear that, Matt? Did you hear it in the background? I did not. Something going like that. Yeah. Oh, that was interesting. Okay. You know, I had, I had, well, I had somewhat of a similar experience at one of the state parks. Um, and as you know, I retired from the state of Washington. I was their a telecom manager, and I have been to every park in the state almost, um, and there was stories about different this place, that place, this park, the campgrounds, the old uh, military batteries on those in those parks, the the housing that the military used to use. There was all kinds of stories in in every one of them, and uh, we actually experienced several times. We've been to Fort Warden, um, 
and th that one was crazy. But we've 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 experienced things like that. Uh, candles work, the the spirits there working, doing things with the candle flame. Um, the sounds be someone. Well, those th those were fake candles, but they flickered. But they made them flicker. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, someone being physically attacked, and namely me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that was the only bad experience, if I can yeah. read it as bad, Yeah, but, uh, that we ever experienced. But my point is, no matter, I mean, think about this, a 19, well, World War II uh, coastal battery of uh, cannons uh, at Fort Warden, and the housing, the military, they have a cemetery there. Uh, the movies were filmed on that site. Um, people dying constantly over the course of since, let's just say, 1900 to now. And there's dozens and dozens and dozens of happenings. Um, it may, I mean, I could tell you a couple of stories about Fort Warden alone that would just kind of make you your I, hair raise on the back of your head. We have been there twice. Once we stayed overnight in the... Uh, officers quarters mm -hmm. and then the last time we stayed in the where was it the commander or something i can't remember anyway i'll never stay there again <laughs> but uh the first time was great we had a good time we had some evps and stuff when you got it that that what i consider the worst one we ever had uh that, i'm never going there again i was physically attacked not, in the middle of the night back. in our room in the uh the uh uh captain's captain's quarters that's captain's what it was quarters called. yes and it broke my foot and yeah. i actually the doctor said it looked and he didn't know where that we had gone to an old fort no he didn't tell him nothing he's looked at my foot after he did x-rays he you got a broken foot and he looked at me and he said looks like there's a heel mark here from a boot like a military boot and on your foot and it was all green and black and blue and i said yeah i guess it does and then i didn't tell him that we went to a military <laughs> Uh, installation and uh, he even came up with that observation during his diagnosis of me yeah. so there's been a lot of things like that and, and just one thing that in particular matt that i'll tell you is at fort warden they had a boiler room and in the old boiler room there was coal-fired uh boilers and at one of the dances that some of the, the the fort put on for the the gis there one of the dances they got uh, the band was a three piece band. They got paid right after the the dance. Two of the guys decided to rob this other guy because they found out he was born into money and he didn't need it. So they robbed him and they killed him. They shoved him down the coal chute into the basement where the boiler is. And then they cut him up and threw him into the boiler. And the next morning, the. Uh, attendant there came in to fire up the boiler again and restock it with with fuel and everything with coal and he looked in there and he saw parts of a body a hand you know and a, and a, and a foot and so he reported it well they ended up finding the the band members took the money from him killed him cut him up and threw him in there and that place alone when we were in there one person walked by one of the doors through the doors and the knob it it's like somebody grabbed it turned it and held it and then let it go as soon as he walked through yeah. that door frame and i heard it we got it on tape as yeah. a, the sound of it and everything and everybody was shocked so hauntings do exist
Well, I think people, not all positive energies, mm-hmm. sometimes stay around. Oh, yeah. And and like, I mean, because uh, thank God that they liked me. I wasn't. Well, yeah, I you wasn't didn't touched. have anything. But <laughs> sometimes they're happy. Uh, they're they're uh, spirits. Sometimes they're not happy. And sometimes they're lost. They don't know that they can move on to the into the white light. Some, and, some spirits don't realize what that white light is. Right. Yeah. I am very intrigued with Fort Warden. That is referred to as the triangle of fire because you had a triangle configuration of three forts. You have Fort Flagler and also mm-hmm. Fort Casey. They're all facing right. one another with that body of water just challenging any ship to enter. I dare you. All mm-hmm. three have campgrounds that have stories to, oh, I to bet. it. And also about Fort Warden, it is rated the most haunted campground in America. Absolutely. And yeah. I, yeah. Also, I've learned there are miles of tunnels under that fort. And in the campgrounds, people have heard moans, groans. People have looked into old concrete structures that had lights swirling around at night with no electricity. Maybe we're talking yep. about orbs. The image of a sergeant was seen there, an image of another person in purple. And yes, they have a cemetery there for soldiers. And yes, the taboo act of suicide has also been known to take place there. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. There's there's a there's a we we called it the tower. Uh, it's, it's painted white now, and it's it somebody was killed in the tower. And you go there now, you can stay in it, and you, if you want to rent it, but it's it's haunted. You know, and it's definitely known haunted. The I mean, I've even experienced it there. The the, oh, place. the whole fort is heavily haunted, heavily. When we went to the hospital part, what mm-hmm. used to be a hospital, and we were in there, I actually got a glimpse. It was like a flash. Mm-hmm. But I looked in a room, and I saw this. He was a tall, slender, uh, skinny. He was skinny, like he hadn't. He was emaciated. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, laying in bed with up on one elbow, looking at me, and then it was gone. Yeah. And he, you know, he was naked from the waist up. So, you know, it must have been hot at the time of year he came through to me. I don't know. But yeah. uh, he, 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 I mean, why is he still there? He must still be there because he thinks he's got to be. Yeah. And, you know, Matt, I was in charge of the remodel of Fort Warden uh, for a period of time when I, when I was with the state. And I went through every single building, every single hidden place. The basements where all of the old soldiers' uh, supplies and things are still stored. Uh, Like just one example, there was probably four to five hundred boxes of shaving mugs with the brush in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's boxes of socks, boxes. I mean, still from World War II. And it, I mean, it was amazing, the old stuff. So there has to be some energies there that are still there. The last time I... The last, ahead, time, the last time I visited Fort Warden, I went to the brig, which is now a bar, and they said, oh, yes, we're haunted. This used to be where they would lock up the drunken soldiers and stuff, and they took me downstairs and showed me the holding cells, and they said lots of activity, things open and closing by themselves, the shadows, everything getting pushed. But upstairs, they say around nightfall, they see the shadow in front, just inside the room, 
walking back and forth with the silhouette of a shoulder having a gun over his shoulder, a rifle, the way they patrol back and forth. And so Mm -hmm. the two people working there, they each told me the same story and took me to the same spot. They see it practically every night if you notice it, if you look at it. So that one's still guarding the cells. Right. He thinks he has to. And check this out. Check this out. I'll tell you a quick story about Fort Warden. This will blow your mind a little bit. Is that the one where they threw your glasses off? No, yeah. that's No, that's not the story I'm going to tell. (laughs) When When I was there working during the day, they told me that there was this one building was the uh, dorm where the soldiers used to live in. And there was a security guard walking around one night and he noticed that a light was on upstairs on the second or third, I think second floor. And so he walked all the way around the building, took his keys out, opened it up, went up and did and turned off the light, got uh back down the stairs got locked the front door went back around 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 the corner he looked up and the light was on so he went back up and did it again and then he came back down he looked and the light was not on he went and did things in an, uh, an adjacent building he turned around and looked and the light was back on on the second floor in that building and he said something was turning and the switch was turned up flipped up so and the switch was not faulty because uh, different times they would check it and look at it, worked fine. So somebody in there wanted that light on. And I believe, among other things, you have been an electrician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? Have you heard of Rockport? Rockport is oh, near yeah. Barrington. Okay. I've been mm-hmm. frequenting that place lately, and I love it. They had the famous Rockport, they had a famous hotel there that was built around 1906, and in 1952, they had a famous fire there, burned to the ground, known loss of life. On that very property, they built a barred grill. That burned down one day, no loss of life. So now, once again, they have the Rockport Bar and Grill. I asked if it was haunted, and they had one story after another. Now, this is next to the Howard Miller Stillhead Park, and I've never seen a better campground in my life. They have cabins there. They have steelhead fishing there. They have trails, and you walk across the street, and there's the Rockport Barn Grill. It's an old structure. I don't know how far back it goes, but at least a strong 60 years, I would say. Now, here is something that intrigues me. Did you see that picture of the cabin I sent you recently? Yes, yes. That is Tom Porter's cabin built in 1887. He was born Mm -hmm. in 1852 and passed in 1927, and they moved it to that site. They see the ghost of someone from that era. Sometimes he's wearing a top hat. Sometimes it's more of a forefather lumberjack look. They will see him inside the Rockport Bar and Grill, they will get the cold chills as something goes through them. They have sure. seen things moved. They have saw a jar of mayonnaise smashed to bits on the floor, and it doesn't make sense. It couldn't have fallen where it was placed, and the velocity would not have done that to it. And yeah. so I was wondering if that man was still attached to that home. Part of that home had saved lives. When they had a flood, he got town folks up in the loft, and they all lived through a bad flood, and that's why they moved the cabin there. 
So there's something going on. They're very open about this haunting, and it's an attention-getter type thing. But Mm -hmm. that's what they're seeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people will stay with the structure. Yes. It's like some of them think they have to guard it. Mm -hmm. Some think that they they don't want to leave it, you know, especially if they died a tragic death. Okay. We have to take a station break right now. This is Matt Shea for the Matt's and Mitchell Show. We'll be right back with Skip and Sharon after these messages. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash manceandmitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to the Matt's and Mitchell Show. This is Matt Shea filling in for the vacationing Gary and Suzanne. And we are so happy to have the Langangs with us from the Psychic Spectrum Radio Show. And remember, we have open lines. If you'd like to talk to Skip and Sharon, tell a story, and maybe they could give you a good answer to the why behind it, you could call us at 425 425- 373-5527, and we also have the 800 number, 888-298-5569, and we hope to hear from you. Skip and Sharon, I have lost count. How many shows do you two do a month, and how can people contact you? Oh, well, good. We, we do between 20 and 27 events each month. Most of them are on live and online, but the people can attend in person too. Only one of them is not online. 
Uh, it's a live in person only, and that's uh, our talking to the other side that we do every month on the first Saturday of the month. But our website is psychicspectrum.com, and our radio show we have moved from a live show on KKNW where we were for many years. And we, we moved, miss them, and we miss we them. Love you all. We miss them, yes, especially Nathan, Nathan, and Eric, and. The other Eric, but our, our our radio show is a podcast now, and it, it can be found on YouTube, or any any uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and Twitch. We broadcast live, but the uh, the all the shows are archived. Just use your favorite podcast app and search for Psychic Spectrum Radio, and then mm-hmm. we're there. And we talk about being on ha- having been on KKNW for a, a long, long time, and oh, yeah. it we. There's a whole lot of history with KKNW and us and uh, uh, getting us into the radio uh, mode. So we enjoy it. We miss Nathan. He's one of our most missed, lovable guys from KKNW. I like Eric. Oh, yeah, definitely. I like both Eric's. uh, I do. I really miss Nathan. Nathan was cool, too. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I have to admit, I miss the jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tune into the podcast on Tuesdays and Saturdays at one o'clock, and you can hear her jokes. I'll have to start sending you a joke, Nathan. <laughs> hey, let's not you know, get speak- too ahead. Speaking of of the, our events, I want to tie one into what we're what we talk we're talking about today. On July 29th, we have a ghost hunt coming up that we take groups of people on ghost hunts. We've done that for decades, and uh, this one's going to be an outdoor ghost hunt. Uh, so you speak about outdoor places like campgrounds and things. It's not going to be a campground, but mm-hmm. anyhow, if you people want are interested in uh, attending an actual ghost hunt, uh, kind of like you see on TV, but without oh, the Hollywood no. there. There's no green we, lights. No, we <gasps> don't hear that. We, yeah, we don't do the Hollywood stuff, but we take people on ghost hunts. But go to our website, click on the ghost hunts, and it'll tell you uh, when and what it's about, how we do it. And then you can fill out the contact us sheet and uh, tell us you want to go. And we will Which they uh, have to do. We'll we contact have to know you. how many. Yeah, we have to know. Yeah, have so to know. we'll contact the person and then they yeah. can uh we can let them know where to meet us at yeah. and when and where we're gonna go. Yeah. So and it's free. Yeah, it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. When I was getting to know you two and we were elaborating further and further in our interest of the paranormal, you made comments, caution that you don't want something to attach to yourself. And mm-hmm. I've known of places such as Fire Trail Road, which is in Marysville, off of 140th, you will see a pond referred to as Dead Man's Pond. Unfortunately, a car was traveling too fast and ended up there. There are people who have driven the road by that pond, and they would look in the rearview mirror, and they would see <laughs> something looking back that wasn't there initially. Very common report there. And Baby Doll Road in Port Orchard has had a series of tragedies there, and one of which was a little girl who never made it home from school one day. And there are people driving that road, and they look in the rearview mirror, and who is this little girl with the dark coal eyes? That they look around, she's not there. They pull over. They think about it, then they realize where they are and what that road is known for. What do you have mm-hmm. to say about such stories? 
Well, I think that those are those are definitely real stories because number one, if there's more than one person experiencing them, then it's more than likely that yeah, there's something going on there. But that's not really that uncommon a story. I mean, many times uh, oh, yeah. they, they will hit to ride and mm-hmm. just for the heck of it, or see if they can get somebody to get a little freaked or whatever. Or sure. sometimes they just want to see what it's like. Well, and, and we had especially around cemeteries and uh, uh, deaths of people that were like suicides or whatever. It's it's how, how many times have you heard a story about somebody that picked up a, a woman? It's always a woman for some reason. It's never yeah. the guys, but you pick up a woman and take her back to where she lives. And then uh, you go knock on the door and they say, oh, that was my daughter, but she died three years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you hear those stories all the time. Yeah. And, and, and another story, and Matt, they're like stuck in a loop. Yeah. Yeah. But another story, uh, how many times have uh, you heard stories about truckers yeah. that have seen somebody hitchhiking or standing mm-hmm. on the road cold and wet and a, a young lady or something and they pick them up and they, they drive them with them and all of a sudden they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're out of the truck. They're gone. The job I retired from, we dealt with many trucks throughout the month. They, they're truckers from all over the country. This one husband and wife team opened up with me, and they said they had a ghost in their truck. Sometimes they could see him. Sometimes they lean over. They could touch his body. But he's friendly, mm-hmm. and he travels with them sometimes. And they said there are times where they'd pull into a truck stop to have dinner, and the server would serve three settings, three glasses of ice water, three menus, then they would come back later and, oh, do you know what your friend was going to order? No, he had yeah. to leave. Uh, he had an emergency. <laughs> but yeah. they were yeah. just explaining that phenomena. Sometimes he's with them, sometimes he isn't. Mm-hmm. And they were a yeah. very nice, normal couple. And he hears oh, such yeah. stories. Do you recall when we were at the Oxford Saloon? They'd been open, I think, since late 1800s, 1895, I believe. Because yeah. you two were celebrities there. We had a crowd there, and then people were coming out to talk to you, talk about your show. Many of them claimed that something from that saloon had attached and gone home with them, where they had to mm-hmm. return to the Oxford and do whatever to release it. Mm-hmm. That, that, that can happen, and that's why on Ghost Hunts we always – do the prayer circle and right. put ourselves in the white light and that. Be- so. well, before we go in, we yeah. do that. And then when we come out, we do it again and yeah. ask that nothing attached to us. And, and whatever here stays there. Every here, yeah. Everything here stays here. Yeah. And But having gone to places, if people <clears throat> don't know how to protect themselves or put themselves into the white light, um, which is the protection I'm talking about. Well, but if people don't know how to do that or don't know how to practice that, they make themselves very susceptible oh, to that. So whenever you visit older places like that, that have this uh, known haunting or uh, it feels weird, put yourself in a white light and just in, just envision yourself I do in it. a white light. I do it all the time before I go into bowling alleys before i go into lounges before i Mm -hmm. go into grocery stores before i go anywhere i put myself in the white light because it's always energies yeah that are left over in those in those things i've done a lot of trips with our friend richard and he has a practice of carrying holy water and when we would inspect places that lay such claim he would do his prayer and we were in 
the town of Sherman, a ghost town, and he would not allow me to enter the church that had been standing there for like 150 years. There was something about it that he felt funny. Again, the holy water, the prayer. When we walked through their cemetery from the 1800s, he said, now remember, we are visiting. They live here, and we're going to show respect. And so every step of the way, the precautions were there. When we went to the Palace Pizza in Anacortes, the number one haunting in Anacortes, we'd been there a few times. We were leaving one time, and he started to argue with nothing, and he started doing something with his holy water because he said, something is with us. And so he contended with this invisible entity, whatever it was, and finally we were freed and continued. But he's like you two. He's on top of that, and he wants to make sure that every precaution of respect was taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And you know, can I interject yeah. something, honey? When when you were at uh, Fort Warden, yeah, that was the one time you didn't do what we always do. I know. And you wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. And you got attacked. And that's the night I got so, attacked yeah. while I was sleeping. So it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you are susceptible. And if you don't protect yourself, you know, heaven help you. Yep. Seriously. And for some reason, I do not know. I was stupid. I never have never done this and no. I'll never do it again. No, you won't. But we were sitting around <laughs> downstairs in the in the living room of their the officer's quarters there. Yeah. And we're all, there's a group of us that we took on the ghost hunt with us. So we're all sitting around talking and we had gone out for dinner. We came back and we're just sitting there. And one of the people said, oh, great. I got the bedroom that's the most haunted because uh, I revealed who, what rooms to, you know, what went on in each room that as far as hauntings. And so she said, she said, I'm going to send them to you, Skip. And, and tonight when and when we go to bed and i sat there for like a dummy i said bring it it wasn't like a dummy you were a dummy i know i said <laughs> bring it i'm not afraid bring seriously. it seriously and, and what did i do i, I, I went, know. oh no i, I invited I said, it. Do it i invited it to yes me. you did and un- i mean i didn't even think about it. i was just kind of joking with her uh, with this lady and so anyhow that night you yeah, they brought they it. brought it that they <laughs> literally broke my foot and stomped on it you know, to take it one step further, because we always do the digital tapes, the taping of while we're talking and doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, you made a comment at one point in that night that says, once do something to let us know you're here, you know, touch us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And on the tape, when we got home, <laughs> we heard a voice say, oh, we're way past that. And so they were already figuring out what to do with Skip. Yeah. They, so, I mean, that, that's I'm another they thing. like me. That's another thing. When you do these things, like when we go places, we I we like when we go places with you, and we explore a place mm-hmm. that you have found the history on. It's haunted, or when we go on our own, or you know that kind of thing. We do ghost hunts. We always bring a, a tape recorder, digital tape recorder is what we use. Um, you can do it at home. You can do it sure. at night when you're sleeping. Let it run. See what happens. But you capture. <laughs> ghost voices yeah. or sounds or whatever but a lot of times on a, on a ghost that. hunt they want to interact with us and most of the time they're actually interacting with our conversation like the three of us uh, and, and you and you and nathan mm-hmm. and Sharon and i we could be talking about um ghost hunts mm-hmm. and you'll hear a voice that's not any of the four of us you could hear a voice say and i'm just throwing out examples but you could hear a voice say 
oh, I love ghost hunts. You guys, you guys are funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, or or sometimes we'll be talking about the old jail cells uh, that the prisoners were in, like in in the old underground mm-hmm. Tacoma, the old original city hall. City hall, yeah. And we're sitting there. Her and another lady were were in one of the cells. Okay, and they were. I, I was outside and kind of away from them. The her and this other lady were talking, and Sharon said the cops were not good guys. And Kathy said, "Yeah, no." Yeah, Kathy said it. Then you said, "Yeah, the cops were not good guys yeah, here." Yeah. You could feel the energies, and then there's a third voice that comes in and says. Cops are not good guys. Yeah. But just like that, it's like, wow, that, that was, was a pretty good. Imp- <laughs> I know I was pretty close, wasn't it? But yeah, it, it was it was just they answered. They're yeah. part of they act like they're part of our conversation. Well, they are. I know they do. They they interact just like they're still here with us. But it, it's funny, we've caught we have dozens and dozens of uh EVPs. Yeah. Um, I think Eric played some of them on one of our shows during the week. And I think Nathan, didn't we do some of that when, when we were with KKNW, you played some of our ghost voices. We did. And I'm just actually looking through to see if I can resurrect some of those and play them back. Well, there's one that's called cops. It's titled cops are not good guys. That would be a great one because that's very, very clear. Or the one that we called nurse Cratchit. Yeah. That was a good one. Skip, what did your father do as a profession? My dad was, he was a commissioned police officer, and he was also the head of security for Sears. And um, he... The whole Northwest or something. Yeah, and and he also played in the old Oompa band. He had a German band that he played in on weekends. And every week there was, in weekend, there was a, 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 a dance of some type, and he would play. But which part are you referring to? Just in general, we were bashing police, and I still give them a sensational oh. batting average. Oh, no, now, you know, Matt, to make, to kind of clarify that, by what we were making reference to was back in the day, you know. Yes. I mean, it had to have been the 1800s or early 1900s. You know, they, they had a lot more freedom to be more abusive, trying to get information out of sure. whatever. And that's what we were making reference to, that sometimes they probably – they did a little more than they should have, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know yeah. what you're saying. There really weren't okay. boundaries, and uh, they had to yeah, tighten the rules did. a bit. Yeah. I am yeah. always fascinated with campgrounds. I don't need an excuse to go camping. On the backside <laughs> of Mount Rainier by Greenwater, we have the Federation Forest, and I used to take my daughter and her friends camping because they had Crystal Springs there, They also had the White River going. They had the Dalles. Lots of camping there. Mm -hmm. And we had a camp ranger talking to us. And then somewhere in conversation, they said, yes, and we have a ghost around here. Well, that perked me up. And he says it's an old mountain man that we see in the Federation part of the entryway there. Mm -hmm. Well, when we were traveling in that area, and we had a conversation with a group of forest rangers, That's what they were talking about. Same conversation. We've had three different groups of park guides, so to say, talk about this mountain man that they see in the general area. And sometimes they see him leaving one place and walking down the road. Sometimes they're looking at a pasture or at a tree, and then they clearly see him looking back. 
but the Rangers are telling you this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of phenomena that we no one ever says anything to anybody because they think they're going to be called crazy. Right. But there's phenomena happening all the time around us. I'll tell you a story about a campground um, at uh, Fort Warden. There's a, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was Fort Casey. I was going to say, I didn't think Fort Warden had a campground. Oh, yeah, it does. Does yes. it? Yeah. All three forts that. have campgrounds. Well, I did not know that. But at Fort Casey, there was a park ranger who was killed uh, in an accident, actually, at the uh, uh, fort. And his main purpose was the night shift for probably 20 years, they said, uh, close to 20 years. And his night shift job was to patrol the campgrounds and the rim of the fort, the perimeter road. He was killed one night in an accident. Uh, something fell and it fell on him and crushed him. Well, anyhow, this guy, his whole thing is probably at least once, they told me at least once a month, probably more than that, they get uh, probably more like five or 10, they get reports of the park ranger that came last night and knocked on our doors on our trailers or, you know, kind of thing in the middle of the night or on our tents. And it's like, what did he want? Because he never answered us after we, we answered him. He just <laughs> like, he's like, he walked away. He was checking on him. And they say, well, I think it was just a mistake. Cause they don't want to tell people, well, it was the guy that got killed there. But that's the, many, 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 many times they get these reports constantly when people are camping. I love Ocean Shores, and I always find something there. And I forget the name of that fantastic Irish restaurant they have. They have a oh, restaurant there at a shop, and it's world famous, actually. Yes. And so they were on the topic, and they were letting me know that uh, they know the place is haunted because at night, doors would open by itself. They would see things at the corner of your eye, some other things. And then one day, a group was staring at a drink that was just prepared on the bar. They've served thousands upon thousands at that bar. And in front of everybody, here comes the display. They watch that thing move all by itself and topple over as if something was <laughs> throwing it mm -hmm. somewhat. So yeah. it wasn't just sliding off of it. There was a little bit of wrist action involved, like, okay, I'm here. Across the street is a home port restaurant. Same type of stories there. They will hear things rattling in the kitchen drawers and stuff like that. Ocean yeah. Shores, I'm up to six places now that are open about such claims. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's, there's it happens a, in hospitals too, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, but there's a, a, a hotel that you can stay in. Um, gosh, where was that at? Uh, Port Townsend? No, the further south uh, is Ocean Shores area, but south of it on the coast. There's a hotel. Anyhow, this hotel has a haunted history, supposedly, right? Well, one of the guys I used to work with at the state went there and took his daughter and his son and his wife and him, and they went and stayed overnight. And it's a tourist hotel, and they have camping uh, in the back of the hotel. You know, people can pitch a tent or pull trailers in. But in the hotel, this is a known haunted place, 
And this guy was kind of a believer, but he was like very skeptical. And he's a retired police officer, right? So anyhow, uh, Chuck takes his family there and he comes to work the following Monday and he's telling me, you know, that place is haunted because he knew what we do <laughs> and he, he knows what we did. Anyhow, he says, that place is haunted. And I says, well, how so? And he's telling me about all these different weird things that happened. <laughs> and I said, well, just goes to show you, Skip was right. I told you that those <laughs> things exist. And he, he laughed, and he, but he, he kind of became a believer after that. I love hanging out with you two. It's the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And then what's going on, I can't put my finger on it. Well, it happened once again. We just went through the Mats and Mitchell show a complete hour. That's what happens with you two. <laughs> And I'll say it again, uh, you probably saved my job around here being on this show. That's that's how much in demand you two are now. Hot well, item. I have got, I have, it's too bad we don't have the story for the hospital because that, that was a cool story. Yeah, we got a bunch of stories. Oh, okay. Stories. Well, once again, please tell us how we could get in touch with you. Oh, psychicspectrum.com www.psychicspectrum.com and i want to say this we're going on a ufo and bigfoot watching tonight and for the last four months that we've gone every once a month we've had phenomenal results if anybody wants to go but go to the website group so we're getting more people tonight right. i don't know if anything will happen or not oh we'll but see yeah, we'll but see. we see the ufo's lights and we we hear the sasquatch <clears throat> so I'll make one of those trips pretty soon. Oh, you Again, got to. practically right. every night of the week, you two got something going on. My name is Matt Shea, and if you want to get in touch with me, I do have a website, mattsheabooks.net, and I also have a lot of free stuff, including a fun audio book for the family, good stuff that grandparents could play for their grandkids. So once again, Skip and Sharon, it meant everything to us to get you back on the show. Gary and Suzanne, thank you. And I have a feeling there are going to be more visits. All right. Thanks again <laughs> well, for thanks, having us. Gary and Susan. Susan, where'd that come from? Suzanne, for letting us uh, do it. Yeah. 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 We always we, have a good time. We appreciate time. it. Anytime. Yeah. Just let us know. Well, I like, we're at the Poodle Dog every Wednesday. I like the Poodle Dog. I like the crowd you hang out with there. Yeah. We got a great, it, great bunch of people. And there. again, all of our activities are listed on our website, right on the home page there. You, but you can explore them, click on them, and get the information. Mm -hmm. Tell so us about your book. Your book. Our book is called uh, "We Hear and Speak to Dead People," and it's a compilation of stories from our ghost hunts and uh, actually how to do a ghost hunt. Wonderful. Thank you very much. The Mats and Mitchell Show wishes everyone a happy weekend, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Here's what's coming up next week on Manson Mitchell. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Manson Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington.